Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Hello, Happy New Year. This is Michelle. This is Eric. We are here after a long break. Let's see, I guess I came on last week to introduce this series, Our Dog is Pulling on Our yep. Microphone. Yes, you did, and I was out hunting with Sam, which was wonderful. Oh, yeah. So um, how did you and Sam do in your hunting? Uh, I tell you, we did pretty darn good. We got we, we took seven shots. We got seven deer. Wow. Yeah, I was impressed. Okay. So. And since we already have a fridge or freezer full of deer meat from Sam's right. other shots, we right. are donating that? Yeah, and so I, I was hunting with a, a member of the church. He very graciously invited us up to his ranch. Mm-hmm. He has what's called a land management tag, so he has uh, he has to get oh. goes over 20 deer off his property. Just kind of thin the herd down a little bit. Got it. Uh, and so we, we were more than happy to help him do that. And uh, we field dressed the deer and then drove them into town and donated them to the local food bank. Good. Yeah. It's awesome. So it was great. It was great to be out in the woods with Sam. Great to spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. Great to be out in nature. Okay. And speaking of nature, you if you sound weird, it's because you're suffering from what these Texans oh call the, the cedar, cedar flu. flu. or cedar fever, yeah. And, you know, we were driving back from, uh, we were driving back last week. I guess it was last uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we were up in the, uh, we were up north of Kerrville, and I was looking out at the, the the hills, and I was like, "Wow, those hills are so beautiful. They remind me of the Smoky Mountains." <laughs> and then when as we got closer to them, I realized it wasn't smoke; it was actually like cedar pollen that was just cedar pollen being drifted out by the plants. Just horrible. Yes, and so. for some reason, I don't have a problem with that. You do. Sam seems to be quite a bit. Yeah. This year, I think it's new for him this year. I don't think he had it last year. They say it takes several years of living in Texas to develop it. But it's one of those things. We've got so many great things in the great state of Texas that everyone's moving here. But maybe one thing they don't realize is there's a downside. Cedar flu. (laughs) Yeah, it's too bad they don't have like a cedar weevil or something like that. You know, they could just release and get rid of all these plants. Okay, well, hopefully next week you'll be back better. But um, anyways, it is a new year. Hallelujah. Everybody is so happy to be done with 2020, although 2021 (laughs) has started in quite a similar Uh, fashion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, based on that, right, we are going to talk about a new year, new you. But thankfully, uh, in our worldview as Christians, um, those things don't depend on what's happening politically or uh what health wise or whatever they depend on jesus yeah exactly that those things don't depend on what's happening uh politically health wise you know with your favorite teams financial uh, financial right you know i I say that because uh buckeyes are playing tonight. oh yes because our favorite team is playing tonight buckeyes are playing bama tonight yes so i am very confident that the buckeyes can win but you know Mm -hmm. alabama's an outstanding team so they could also lose okay but how did we get onto that when we're talking about new life in jesus just because i'm thinking about it right so that uh, that you know, you, there's all these things that we kind of wrap our hopes around. Oh, okay. Uh, and as, as foolish as it sounds, you know, politics is a serious one, finances is a serious yes. one, but for many of us, sports are another mm-hmm. serious one too. Mm-hmm. And so our emotions, you know, swing the pendulum okay. as the team goes, mm-hmm. and that's fun. It's great that you're on a team. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you know, thank God that we as Christians have something that's more fundamental, more uh, far deeper than that. Something that doesn't just you know, go with the currents. Right. So. And that's absolutely essential, right? Especially in times like these. I mean, I do think about sometimes these people get so, so out of, bent out of shape over politics. Yeah. And believe me, I, I'm all in for politics, um, but it's not where I find my salvation or my redemption. So I can, I can leave it at, 
you know, our, if our person lost or won, I can kind of keep going. Yeah. You know, you mean you rejoice when your person wins, you kind of mope around your person loses, mm-hmm. but it's not the end of the world. It's not the end know? of the world. It's not the end of the world, but we do have to stay engaged. Um, we should we should talk about that sometime on the podcast about how we should, as Christians, stay engaged in the public square. Yeah, well, it's getting harder and harder. I mm-hmm. mean, the public square is, is rapidly shutting its door in our faces. That's true. You know, the big tech has censored. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kicked the president off social media. Yeah. They've kicked off Parler, which was uh, mm-hmm. becoming something like a, a conservative Twitter. They, yeah. they've shut that thing down entirely. Uh, and so it's it's kind of scary, yeah. you know. The, the public square is being closed off. Well, let's let's hold off on that for another. That's a huge sure. topic, and we we should talk about that. But this series is about New Year, New You. And as I mentioned in the intro last year, we are going to be doing New Life today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about a new hope next week. Then we are going to go to let me look at my notes. Uh, oh, new purpose. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our new purpose in Jesus, and then finally our new future. Oh, good. Yeah. So we're going to hit all the, the high points, and today we're using basically two verses mm-hmm. um, about this new life we have. And the first is from Ezekiel. Do you want to read it? Yes. So Ezekiel, after whom we named our dog. Right? Yes, yeah, Zeke. Our dog is Ezekiel, but also after Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, well, okay. they're both all the same. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this is Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse uh, 25 is where I'll pick it up. And okay. God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. That mm-hmm. is the house of Israel. Mm-hmm. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and to be careful to obey my rules. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Awesome. It's an awesome verse. Mm-hmm. This is all the way back in the Old Testament. So this is what God is going to do. Right. So He's telling the people of Israel that at one point. They will have a new spirit put in within them, and it will cause them to have a new heart. It will no longer be a heart of stone, but it will be a heart of flesh. So let's talk about that first of all. What does a heart of stone mean, yeah. do you think? And what do you think a heart of flesh, the difference is? Sure, sure. Well, you know, heart of stone is, a, is literally a hard heart. A hard heart. And I think the earliest example will go all the way back to Pharaoh. So you're talking all the okay. way back in you know, the, the opening chapters of Exodus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says that he hardened his heart mm-hmm. against God. Uh, and that's the same idea uh, that we that like Pharaoh, we too uh, we can harden our heart against God, so that even though He speaks His word to us, yes. you know, thus says the Lord, "Let my people go." And Pharaoh says, "No, I'm not going to let your people go. I'm going to hold on to them more. And what you can't make me, God." Right. right? Uh, so too, we can do the same thing. God speaks His word to us, and like Pharaoh, we can harden our heart against Him and refuse to listen, uh, obstinately shake our fists at Him. So that's a, a heart of stone. Mm-hmm. And a heart of flesh uh, would be a heart that is, you know, it's the heart that God made, the heart that God wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a heart that is receptive to his word, a heart that listens to it, a heart mm-hmm. that takes it in. It's kind of like the parable of the soils. You know, you got the rocky mm-hmm. soil uh, and the good soil. Yep. Um, and God says, I will, I will make you into good soil. Yeah. You know? And the um, heart of flesh, I think, in the New Testament is talked about being tender-hearted. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal, tender-hearted. And, you know, as a parent, you can see what that means, right? Because... Yeah. You, your kids sometimes drive you right up the wall. Ours yes. have been home for literally almost a month again. They're back in school today. That's why it's yeah, quiet yeah. here, except for our dog. Um, but they got an extra week off for break, so they've literally been home for almost a month. And, um, you know, 
it's still basically kind of quarantine. There's still not much to do no. in terms of, you know, going places and doing things. So, you know, they're kind of bouncing off the walls a little bit. And um, so sometimes they can drive you right to craziness. And yet we are called to be tender hearted as God is tender hearted. Yeah, right? which, is, which is not always easy. Mm-mm. Yeah. And, and one thing that strikes me about this passage, and this is Ezekiel, you know, you're talking, I think yeah. it's about 600 years before the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. roughly. Uh, but notice what God says in verse 25. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and I will give you a new heart. And so God gives us the new heart. God gives us the new spirit by sprinkling us with, with water. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see that as a, a prophecy of, of baptism. A baptism, right. That in baptism, God gives us the spirit. In baptism, God gives us a new heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, as, as Lutherans, I can't, I was pointing to see, he says, sprinkle, right? It's, 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 not, <laughs> it's not immersed. Well, we, we don't, we don't have to go no, that know, far, but, but yes, know, it I is like, a sprinkling I, in this case. I like it, just put that in there. Right. Although Jesus came up out of the water mm-hmm. when he was baptized, right? Yeah, he did, he did come up out of the he water. He was definitely yeah. dunked. Well, you don't know. I mean, coming up out of the water could be that you're, you know, knee deep, waist deep in the water and you're coming out of it. Okay, maybe, yeah. maybe. Well, when you look at the earliest depictions oh, okay. of it, or you know, the earliest icons and yes. frescoes, yes, uh, you have John the Baptist and Jesus, both of whom are standing in the water, and Jesus is about knee deep in the water with John pouring water over. Okay, okay. So. Well, anyway, so that's a sprinkling of water. Yeah. In other places in the Old Testament, especially, no, actually, both old and new, it talks about this this heart change as yeah. a circumcision of the heart. So yeah. it's like a surgery of the heart by God. Um, you know, cutting the old heart of hardness mm-hmm. and making it soft and new, yeah. right? It's a transplant. Right, and it's it's something that God does. Mm-hmm. It's God's yes. work. But notice that there's there's both God's work and ours. And so okay. God says, you know, I will take away from you the heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So there's something that God does, which is that he, he does this transformative work within us. Okay. But then our job is to actually walk in the new way. Walk in the new so way. So there's, you know, if it's new year and new you, mm-hmm. uh, the big point I would want to make is that only God can give us a new you. You know, Absolutely. Only, only God can do that. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we also, there, there's stuff that we can do too. We can, to, us, to an extent, we can renew ourselves. We can say, you know, this year I am going to walk more in his ways. Right. This year I'm going to do a better job obeying his commandments. Right. Uh, we can't totally make ourselves new any, any more than we can make ourselves born again, but we certainly can can live with him and walk in his ways. Right. And so before we go further in that, I think we'll talk a little bit about um, maybe when we both did come to faith and if we experienced that kind of newness or whatever. But let's go to the, the classic New Testament verse first um, before we get into those actual changes. So why don't you take 2 Corinthians 5.17? We've I had to memorize it several times for different courses, so you can probably not okay. even have to look it up. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Amen. Okay, so if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Mm-hmm. So... What is the, is there a difference there between Ezekiel? This is just now it's happened or what, what's, what do we say about this verse? Because Ezekiel says it's going to happen. The spirit's going to be poured right. out on you. And now this verse is saying, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I think you could say that from Paul's perspective, this is now a past tense or the continuing present effect. Okay. So in other words, you know, <laughs> if anyone is in Christ, in other, in other words, you are, right? Right. since you are in Christ, since you're in Christ, you are now a new creation. The old has passed away and new is, has come. Uh, and he says, and therefore we implore you to be reconciled with God, be ambassadors with God. Paul is essentially saying to the Corinthians, because this is what God has done for you, because God has made you a new person, 
Therefore, you have to change the way you're living because you're not living up to the, the person God has made you to be. Okay. Um, and in context, in, in verse uh, in Second Corinthians five, he's uh, he's talking about the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. The Corinthians were fighting with each other; they mm. were backbiting, and, and Paul tells them to knock it off. So okay. this is not who God has made you to be. You know, you are a new creation in Him, uh, and and since God has made you new, you have to live out that newness. And so I implore you, he says, be reconciled to one another. Okay. Uh, and again, there's that you know what God does, and then what we do. God, right. Only God can make us new, but it's up to us. To, to respond. To respond. Yeah, to, to live in that newness. Right. Walk out live, that newness. Right. And eventually, as we do that, I think, yes, we we do play a part, but it's different than like a New Year's resolution where, you know, generally speaking, we all fail at those, right? We, we, yeah. come, in, we come in strong. Right. And, you know, by week, they say two, three, whatever. Most people are done. Right. But this is different. If we slowly... Um, make some small changes on our own, the Holy Spirit will step in, right, and continue those and empower us and give us give us what we need to do those. You know, our old thoughts will be replaced by right. new thoughts. Our old ways will be replaced by new ways if, you know, we have to meet God. We have to take a little bit of the step. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the, the <clears throat> logic behind, uh, that's the logic behind weekly confession. You know, mm-hmm. so at our worship services, we always... Uh, there's always a time of confession when we confess the things we have done wrong and mm-hmm. we try to start again. Mm-hmm. It's also the logic behind uh, daily Bible reading. Yeah, absolutely. It's a small little thing, but over the course of you know 52 weeks and a few years, it can make a profound change. Oh in my person. goodness, absolutely, nothing can change you more probably than that. Yeah. Single practice. Um, over the break, we watched, uh, the boys and I watched um, Where the Red Fern Grows, the very original one that was uh-huh. made in 1974. It was quite funny, but not funny. But anyways, the grandpa, who was kind of the little boy's teacher and mentor, um, you know, the little boy prays for dogs, two hound dogs. He wants two hunting dogs. And he prays and prays and prays, and he wonders why God is not answering him. His parents don't have enough money to give him the dogs, and he's praying for them. Well, the grandpa finally says something along the lines as, you know, you have to meet God halfway or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not great theology. Right. But then the boy goes out and does some work and, you know, all of a sudden he's got all these jobs and he is able to raise the money for his hounds. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, again, you know, halfway, it's not, it's not, it, but it's a lesson. It's a lesson right. that we can't just sit on our behinds mm-hmm. and say, and just keep praying when we're not actually trying to do something in right. that in that direction. Right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of a both end. It's yeah. that, uh, you know, crisis follow me. And so, you know, not only does it give us new life, but then we actually have to walk with him. We got right. to follow him. Right. Um, and so you can be, you know, a person can be born again and still never really grow up in the faith. And God yeah. wants us to do both. He right. wants us to have a new life and then to grow in that life, mature right. in that life. So you, we're not questioning salvation. You are saved right. if you are born again. But you may not be making much progress on your sanctification. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about you. You brought up in your sermon yesterday, you mm-hmm. showed a picture of you outside of a tent in Siberia. Or you came to faith. So did you experience, how did you experience this new life? Did you experience a difference right away or a new heart and a new spirit? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, great question. And so the, yeah, I mean, it was a profound, it was literally a life-changing experience. Okay. Uh, And so a very, very profound change immediately right away. Um, That I woke up that day not believing in God and I went to bed that night Mm. uh, believing in him and and Mm -hmm. doing this is the most important thing in my life. And then within short order, you know, we, we came back stateside. Um, you came back. St- I came back stateside. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I started to, to look 
uh, what my next steps were. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of weeks, I knew that I was called to be a pastor. Okay. You know, so it was a profound, profound change for me. And did you feel differently in terms of any kind of practices in your life? Uh, you know, I, right off the bat, I started trying to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, I had been reading the Bible because I was really curious. Right. I mean, that was one of the ways that God grabbed hold of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I believe, I thought, okay, well, I better start, you know, actually reading this Bible. Okay. Uh, and so I did. And again, Pastor Mike Fawner, who I mentioned in the sermon yesterday yeah. up at our Savior Lutheran Church in Hanover. Uh, yeah, he, you know, he was my, he confirmed me at the age of 23. So he told me, okay, you got to go out and buy a Bible and here's the one I recommend and here's how you start reading it. So mm-hmm. I started reading right off the bat. Okay. So yeah, there, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of changes. But for me, it truly was, you know, God gave me a new heart. So that's not, not, not anything mm-hmm. I did for myself, mm-hmm. but it was heart surgery. You know, God took out the old heart of stone mm-hmm. and gave me a heart of flesh. Okay. Uh, but then there's the life, <laughs> then began the, the lifelong process of unlearning, you know, a lifetime of bad habits and bad deeds and right. replacing them with more of the things that God wants. Right. And that is a longer process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a longer process. I guess some for some people, maybe it's not. Maybe it's kind of a instantaneous, perfect heart transplant. But for mm-hmm. most of us, it's not. No, I remember one gentleman at our previous church in Ohio, I was talking about how he... Uh, he had had a drinking problem, hmm. and uh, and God, uh, he, he called out to God, and God uh, immediately, uh, in that day, God removed wow. from him uh, the the desire for alcohol, yeah. and so he said, you know, he never went to counseling, he never went. Oh my to, goodness. Uh, AA because God just totally took it away from him. Okay, which so, would be the rare exception. Oh, exactly. Yeah, right. so but amazing. So those things do happen, yeah, right? right? But they, they are the exception to the rule. Right. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I was a Christian all my life, basically. kind of took it upon myself at a young life camp um, when I was probably 13. But definitely, you know, did the normal high school experience, um, which was not exactly walking, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the Lord. Now, I was going to church all the time, and I was active in, in uh, young life and all the things. Um, but I definitely had things in my life that would not make God proud. Right. Um, and that really didn't start turning around until I probably myself got in more into, I you know met the navigators in, in Dartmouth and did start more of practicing of daily Bible reading, yeah. memorizing scripture, looking at what these strange folks did and <laughs> lived differently, you know, than myself. Um, so yeah, it's a process. It is. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a long process where your new heart, so to speak, starts, uh, uh, it's a crazy metaphor, but you, God gives you a new heart. Mm-hmm. And the new heart starts pumping, but it takes time for that new blood to work its way all throughout oh, yeah. your system. Right. You know? um, and that's, that takes a long time. Yeah. You know? Right. And there's ups and downs in it too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. there's, you know, there's a couple steps forward, a couple steps back yeah. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Lord willing, you know, if, if you truly are living and walking with God, you should be able to look in the rear view mirror and say, yeah, you know, I've come thus far in my faith. The Lord has yeah. changed my life. I'm making progress. Amen. Um, so that's the idea. New mm-hmm. year, new you. Yeah. Yeah, that is. So that is the new life that we find in Jesus and the new creation that we become. And again, a lot of it has to do with um, our taking the first step. You know, God cleanses us with his spirit and sprinkles us with his water, but we um, have to walk with him. As you mentioned, we have to get out of the boat and follow like the the disciples did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes that means dropping everything like they did. And sometimes it just means taking a small step. You know, it's very different for every person. It is. Yeah. But but for each person, Mm -hmm. Jesus does say, follow me. Right. 
Uh, and for some people, you know, that might mean that they never leave their homes, so mm-hmm. to speak, that they stay, you know, that they remain a mother, father, or a brother, or sister, whatever it is, that they never actually leave their homes, but mm-hmm. they just, they start walking with him in a new and better way. Mm-hmm. But for others, it might mean a whole new direction, a yeah. whole new yeah. life change, you know? James and John left his dad in the boat and did something else. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder right? what Zebedee thought about that. Yeah, I just asked you know? that qu- I'm teaching on Mark starting Wednesday, and that's yeah. one of the passages we're going to talk about. So anyways, you know, oh, go ahead. Because Mrs. Zebedee had some firm opinions about that, if you remember. Mrs. Zebedee? Yeah. There's no Miss... Oh, she was the one that called yeah, her the sons mother, the James sons of thunder. No, no, She's like, Je- why Jesus don't you put your... sons of thunder, which now that we have four boys, I totally get. Oh, right? for sure. Because they're like thunder they're clouds like running through the thunds house. Thunds of sons of lightning and thunder mm-hmm. and all loud things. Oh, my goodness. Oh. But... Uh, <laughs> But if you remember, so they're you know they're heading up to yes, Jerusalem, and the mother of James and John, the son, the son of Zebedee, yes, uh, she takes Jesus aside, or she gets the boys to take Jesus aside and say, "Lord, mm-hmm. promise us that we'll sit at your right hand and at your left hand." Yeah. So clearly, you know, the mom was trying to work the angles yes. there, get her boys into the, yes. the prime spot. Which but, I do the same. That is something you do as a mom for boys more than girls, I think. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't know why it's weird, but anyways. Um, Let's leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) Um, So we are going to come back at you next week with the new hope we have in Jesus. And we talked a lot about hope this year during the pandemic because we were talking about hope in hard times. But this is going to be based on Peter and the new living hope that we have in Jesus. So we look forward to that. Good.